I guess that's where I want to start is I think that it's really important for you as a creative or a business owner. And frankly, if you're a business owner in 2022 and you're listening to this, there's a really strong chance that you are a content creator or that you understand that you need to become one. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hey guys, it's Rachel Hollis and welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Today, I am answering a listener's question, but I'm not going to lie. I've actually sort of been hoping that someone would ask me this. Today, we're talking about content creation. More specifically, how do I personally figure out what I'm going to make podcast episodes about or what I'm going to write about in my next book or what I'm going to put in the Sunday email? I have been creating content online for since 2008, so I'm not what is that, 14 years? And for as long as I've been doing it, I have been in community with my audience, even when that audience was only three people. And slowly but surely, I feel like I've found a really good rhythm that works for me. That being said, there are people who specialize in this. There are podcast hosts and YouTubers and digital marketers who spend all of their time figuring out how to educate people in terms of what to post online, how to post online, how to break a single piece of content into 50 different pieces. In fact, if you want a really good example of that kind of modality, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's team made a like a slideshow or a PDF years ago that, I mean, just Google it. Like they broke down how they take one piece of content and use it over multiple different platforms. So if you want to go ham, check out what he's doing or check out what other people are doing on YouTube. I have done the sort of 9 million pieces of content thing. And I've done full like removing myself from social media for different periods of my life. And I feel like the place that I'm at today is a really good, organic, authentic way of communicating with my audience. I believe that I provide a ton of content. I do three podcast episodes every single week. I do a Sunday email that I write myself. The social media that you see go out from my feed is from me. I feel like I am still producing a lot of content while I'm writing my next book, while I'm, well, I'm not going to talk about that project yet, but doing other things. So I'm doing a lot at one time. And I'm also putting a lot out into the world. And I'm doing it in a way that feels really good to me. And so my advice is going to be a lot more, how do you do this in a way that's effective, but also feels really good. And in my personal opinion, 
the most success that I've had in life is when I was doing it this way. I didn't have more success when I had a team of people who were creating, you know, a thousand social media posts. I didn't. I have always had the most success when I am really making sure that the content is as good as it possibly can be. So that's what I'm going to talk about today in all the ways. And this question came to me through the podcast hotline. I just want to thank every single one of you who's been calling in. I actually, for the first time since I started the hotline, am getting so many that I sort of can't keep up. So I'm loving it and I'm grateful and I am creating so much content based on that hotline, which I'll talk about in a minute. But let's listen to the question that I got and then we'll get into my answer. Hey, Rachel, I am listening to your podcast, driving to a wine event that I'm doing. Yes, wine as in like fermented grape juice. But I have never called your line before. But one of the things that struck me was when you're like, hey, call in and have me like ask a question about something that would be super helpful for me to do. So I'm like trying to scale my business. I'm a stepmom coach and I think it would be really helpful to see like your email list. Like, how do you do that? How do you sit down to write your email? Like, what does that look like? I'm more into like the business side of it. So you could just do a video, a podcast, whatever, about what does it look like when you sit down to reach out to your email list subscribers and talk to them? And how do you plan your content for that? Just curious. Anyway, I hope you have a great day. I'll chat with you later. Bye. Okay, so let's look, I guess, behind the curtain and explain to you how I figure out what I'm doing. Uh, When I sat down to record this episode, I realized in the background, in this mirror way behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, a suitcase on the floor with like clothes spilling out of it. And I started to like clean it up so it looked better in the background. And then I thought, actually, this is a really good jumping off point for this conversation. So I have that suitcase in the floor because I just came back from Portland. One of my friends is about to go on tour and I was there because my boyfriend was there and I wanted to make out with my boyfriend for a few days before he went on tour, but also because I am really blessed in that I had the opportunity to get to see someone else's creative process and it was magic. And I guess that's where I want to start is I think that it's really important for you as a creative or a business owner. And frankly, if you're a business owner in 2022 and you're listening to this, there's a really strong chance that you are a content creator or that you understand that you need to become one. And one of the things that I think is so smart for anyone who sees a future for themselves creating in whatever modality is to watch other people's creative process as much as you possibly can. It's one of the reasons that I love interviewing creatives in industries I'm not inside of. So I've interviewed a ton of musicians or artists or poets, and I'm always really fascinated about how they do what they do. Because I think that when we gather enough information, we can kind of take a little like piece of this idea and a little piece of that idea and allow ourselves to come up with a whole picture for us that feels fantastic. So that was my 
like this amazing thing that I got to do this weekend and sort of see the magic behind the scenes. And I really did learn so much. And I asked so many questions. I'm such a nerd. So I was asking like, well, how does this and why do you do it this way? And okay. And then what happens? And if we have like, it just, it was so fascinating. And I think that you can do that in your hometown. Like I get, not everybody gets to go hang out with a rock star and sort of see how they do what they do. But you have creative powerhouses around you, whether that's on social media or that's in your town, right? Like who's the best florist in your town that's doing the most amazing creative things with floral? Or who is, maybe there's a baker that's doing really interesting flavor combinations or really interesting designs or go to your local art gallery, go to a museum, go see how other creatives work. Even if you can't see behind the scenes, seeing what other people did. So I get inspiration from all over the place and I really actively seek out new ideas and new inspiration from other creators. I cannot recommend this enough. If you're gonna be in the industry of creating content or writing or speaking or drawing, photography, whatever kind of art it is that you want to do, you're going to constantly need to fill yourself up with inspiration and ideas. Because if you're inspired, it's so much easier to do the work. And my child is calling me, hold on. Okay. (laughs) This is the third time I'm going to try and make this statement. And honestly, you guys, maybe it's important for you to see that that I keep having real life get in the way. I mean, I was recording this and my teenager just FaceTimed me and I was recording this earlier and I got a note from someone on my team that I was missing a really important meeting that I had totally forgotten about. And it's part of the process. It's part of the process of creating content and being able to do it from home. So actually, before I keep going about being creatively inspired, I would love to talk about that for a minute. I have found that I work better in the energy of a space that feels really good to me, which is usually at home. I think I create better content when I'm by myself than when I'm with other people, unless it's speaking, and then obviously I need other people around me. But for me... It took a really long time to understand that. And it does mean that there's a fair amount of distraction that can happen. And I can get frustrated at times because I set all the equipment up myself. And I don't know that this is my skill set, but I'm figuring it out as I go. It's been probably a couple years now, right? That we've all been inside of working from home. And I'm still figuring out how to format an SD card or do the audio. And There is really incredible power as a content creator in knowing how to do everything yourself. I know how to write and design and send emails. I know how to do that for social media content. I know how to do things myself. It is always elevated when I can work with someone else, but the ability to create on your own is really powerful because then you don't get into a habit of believing that you need someone else in order to help you put content out into the world. So quick side note, back to this conversation about being inspired by other people. I am always sort of looking for this, but 
I started going on artist dates, I don't know, a year and a half ago. And if you have ever read Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, then you're really familiar with this idea. If you're not, this will be like the 25th time I've recommended that book on this podcast, but I really highly recommend it for anybody who is creative or feels creatively stuck or feels like they don't know how to produce or what to produce. It's just fantastic. And it's a workbook that you go through over several weeks. It's not just to sort of read this book and then have the information. So I am constantly trying to get inspired by things that I see around me. And I had gone on an artist date to the Blanton Museum, which is in the city I live in, in Austin, Texas. And it's incredible. If you guys haven't been there, it's such an incredible museum. But I wandered into, I think it was the wing of that museum, that sort of contemporary art, which I would tell you is not really my style. I often look at it and I don't really get it, but I also think it's really important for me to continue to expose myself to the kind of art that I don't totally understand and sit with it and ask questions. And I went into this part of the museum, which I hope is still there because it's just so amazing. And I saw this piece by a Brazilian artist named Cildo Mireles. And I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And this piece is actually from 1986 or 87. It's been around for a long time. And the reason I mentioned that, because you're like, well, yeah, Rachel, art stays around for a long time. But this particular artist and this particular piece, um, it takes up an entire room in the museum. And it's sort of impossible for me to explain how breathtaking it was and how weird and how different. And when I first saw it, I was like, what is even going on? You could look it up online. It's called How Cathedrals Are Built. And because it struck me as so different than anything I'd ever seen before, I sat down in that room and I sat there for about an hour. There were benches along the walls and I thought, oh, they want people to contemplate what this piece means. And so I sat and I looked at it for about an hour and it's amazing. But the more I looked, the more I could see it, it. He builds this structure in the middle of the room and he uses light and he uses metal and he uses coins and he uses animal bones and nothing about this made sense to me. But the longer I sat with it, the more inspired I was. And I'm not going to do contemporary art and I'm not going to put animal bones or gold coins into my podcast. But it does make you look at how other people step outside the box literally and how they do things and they think in such a different way. And I believe It doesn't matter if you're making content creation about your cleaning business or your coffee shop. Getting inspired by other creators is going to make you a better creator. So if we're going to start with how do I create content, I want you to understand that I am constantly open to inspiration. And I want to say open, not looking for, because I think that when we tell ourselves, I got to be looking, I got to be looking, I got to be looking, like we run into the possibility that we're going to gravitate towards what another content creator is doing and maybe try and do our version of that. 
which you absolutely can be inspired by other people and then sort of try and flip it on its head and do your own thing. But I think the best work comes from just being open, just believing that if you're walking through your day, going to get coffee, putting your baby to sleep at night, you know, talking to your grandma, that you can be inspired by your very real life and just be open to how that shows up. I focus this conversation on the three areas that I am most often creating content in. So I want to talk about how I figure out what to and then create content for this podcast, for my Sunday email, and for the books that I write. Let's start at the very top with books because that one I've done a few episodes of the podcast on how to write a book and you can go look those up and they're really popular episodes. I think they've been helpful to people. So maybe they'll be helpful to you. But when it comes to my creative process for book writing, it's so much different than it used to be. And it's evolved so much over time. And it's so much different than any other content that I create in any other way. When I am writing books, as I am right now, I'm working on a book that I'm turning in this fall before I go on the Rage Talk Live tour, which I hope you all are coming to hang out with me. But I'm working on a book and I have been writing this book in my head for two years. I've been writing it in my head for two years and every once in a while I'd get really inspired to put something down on paper and I'd sort of write it in essay format and I have a handful of essays saved but really, I have been working through these thoughts and ideas for a very long time. And I think it's the best work I've ever done, at least for me, because it feels like it's aligned not just with what I want to put out into the world and the conversation that I want to have with y'all, but I also feel like it's the healthiest creation process I've ever been inside of. I did this recently. I was working on a screenplay. More on that later. But I was working on a screenplay and I was finding it really difficult. I just was, it felt so clunky and it felt hard and I was forcing it. I was going back to like how I used to write books, which was like sort of through a really gross, like pushing myself really hard and being really mean to myself in my head of like, just do it. Just like get the work done and put, you know, just show up at the, you know, that whole thing. And I was like, this is not working. This is not working. And I don't actually think that the content's going to be good. It's going to be done, but it's not going to be good. And so I tried this process of could I fully write the scene of a movie in my head before I ever sat down and put it on paper? And I tried this for a couple of months. And when I sat down to finish the scenes I was working on, what I had been toying with for six months I finished in three hours. It was like, it was like a download from the universe. It was like, I immediately went into flow state. It felt so easy. I was like freaking out, like in the back of my head, like, don't mess this up. Don't get distracted. Don't move. Don't get up to pee. Don't do anything because I just felt like it was flowing. And it's the process that I've brought into book writing and I don't know if I could have done that on my first book. So I want you to hear me say, like, we have to figure out what our process is and you will have to try things several times. But yeah, that's that's 
the book writing process for me is I'll, I'll sit with things for a long time and I'll think of them from different angles and I'll ask myself questions and I have my phone with me or I'll have my journal with me and I'll write down notes or questions or things that I'm wondering as I go to pull back in when I actually sit down to write. But with the book writing process, that's how I'm currently doing it, which is why I started there because I feel like that might be a little too out there for most people. But if you want to know how I really do it, that's how I really do it. And when the next book comes out, you guys can tell me if you feel like it got better or worse. (laughs) Fingers crossed. All right, let's talk about this podcast because I think that for each and every one of us, we have foundations in our content creation. We have sort of the cornerstone content. It's the content that you're creating regularly that whether that's a book that you write on every day, even if it's not out in the world, or it's the conversation you have on social, it's the poetry you put up on your website, it's the videos you create on YouTube. I think each and every one of us has to have a modality, a mode of putting our message out into the world that is like the one that we put the most energy and the most time and the most regular creation process into. And for me, that is my podcast. It is my podcast because I currently produce three episodes every single week, or I release an episode on Tuesday and Thursday, and then every Monday I have a 10-minute, I call it a quick word, it's just like thoughts I have, things that I didn't really feel like were full episodes, but I just wanted to put out there and send them to you guys and hope that they would be helpful, and those go out every Monday. And basically, I get inspired to come up with a podcast idea based on what you are asking, literally using the podcast hotline to see what people are wondering and like how it can be helpful. I check my, try and check my DMs about once a week. I I don't get to all of them for sure, but I definitely do try and go check in and I'll see questions there that will inspire a conversation. And what I'm looking for there is questions that feel like they're relevant to more than just one person. So a lot of people who listen to the show and I want to try and, you know, have a conversation that feels like it can help more than just the person asking. So I'm looking for content that would affect more than one of us. And I'm looking for content that I feel like I can add some value to. I get lots of questions on all over the place about stuff that I could answer, right? Like what's my skincare routine or um you know, different things that I'm like, I can't answer just as a human being, but I'm really trying to focus on stuff that I think I bring a unique perspective to. All of us need to ask ourselves, what is the unique value that you bring to the conversation? You have a unique world perspective. My show is only, it's my perspective. And what I find so interesting about the world is that When people are like, I don't agree with your perspective. Amazing. That is a sign that you need to create your own content so someone can identify with the perspective you have. That's why I think it's so beautiful and why I try to stick to stuff that I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to answer. And even in doing that, I am not trying, I don't believe I have the answer. I just have my ideas, right? And I'm a big believer that when we absorb things, we sort of take a little bit here and there. We don't take everything as gospel, but 
that I can sort of put my thoughts out and maybe there's something in them that will be helpful to you too. Releasing the pressure to have the exact answer for everybody, I think is one of the reasons that I'm able to produce content at the rate that I have. I mean, when I had a blog, my blog had thousands of posts, thousands. And the emails that I've sent over the years, the episodes of this show, I am consistently producing content. If I believed that everything had to be the exact perfect answer for every human listening, there's no way I could, there nothing, I would have put nothing out into the world. So I do my very best, but the inspiration comes from what I'm hearing from you guys, what I'm seeing in the world. If I'm seeing things that I'm like, oh man, someone needs to talk about that. I'm like, oh dang, I probably maybe should be the one. And then the other place that I really get inspiration and for anyone who sort of does what I do, if you're a writer, a coach, if you're doing something, you're trying to help people. My greatest inspiration comes from the stuff that I am personally going through and working on and the stuff that my family, my friends, the people I love are also going through and working on. In fact, some of the most popular episodes I've ever done of the show are when I am super fired up and I'm doing an episode that I wish I could get this person in my life to like listen to and take action on. You know, we all have those friends that they'll keep complaining about the same thing over and over and over. And you're like, oh my God. And you love them so much. And you maybe read their energy and understand that they are not at a place where they, that this is what they can hold right now. And they can't really be challenged. You know, we can, we can vibe out our friends and we sort of see that. And so you challenge, I challenge to like, the edges of what I think emotionally they can handle in the season. But there's this part of me that just wants to like shake them and be like, look, look, this, this right here, do these three things. If you did these three things, this would change everything. Those are always my best and most popular episodes because I'm literally creating for a person. I'm not saying their name. I'm not telling their story, but I know in my heart when I'm making the content, I know I'm imagining that person. And I've heard a lot of songwriters talk about this, that their best songs or the most successful songs are when they are writing to a person because we are looking for human connection. You know, like I could come on here and I could talk about habits, right? And it would be really sterile. And maybe you'd get some information, but it'd be kind of boring. Or I could tell you about you know, really struggling in these areas of my life and how a habit helped to change that or how my business was struggling years ago. And then I did these four things and suddenly there's a human, there's a humanity in that, that we resonate with. And so if you're looking for content, create the content you needed 10 years ago, create the content that your best friend, that your mama, that like they need to be lifted up and they need to be inspired. And that's who you create for. Generic content is going to get generic results. If you really want to move people, speak from your heart. And yeah, that, that, that's how I am pulling in episodes on the show. You'll see a pretty even mix of either I'm answering a question that came from y'all via the hotline, or I'll tell you like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this thing. And I read this book and here's what I'm 
turning over in my mind. This is also super powerful in getting collaborative partners or finding guests for your show. Because I read, I'm a voracious reader. I'm constantly reading. And when someone brings a unique perspective, I'm like, oh, dang, I really want to talk about this on the show. And it's not enough to have someone who wrote a really good book. I do want to just say the second step of that is always checking on YouTube, looking online before I ever reach out and making sure that that person can do audio or can do video because some of us have one mode of expression. You could be an incredible writer, but a terrible interview. You see this with musicians all the time. They're incredible musicians or they're incredible singers. But, you know, if you're a fan, you'll like watch their stuff. You're like, oh, they never really do anything longer than a couple minutes because they don't feel comfortable in a long form interview like a podcast. But me trying to solve problems in my own life is always, always an incredible resource for what content I can put out into the world. I do also think it's worth mentioning. I love YouTube. I think that there are such incredible creators there and how they create is really inspiring. And I do love trying something that's popular in one form of creation and seeing if I can pull it in. So I did this a couple of months ago with an episode where I noticed on YouTube is really popular to do videos that were like 20 things I don't buy anymore or, you know, 50 things I have to have or whatever. And I thought, oh, I wonder how that would work on podcasts. Turns out it works really well. So I've only done one episode so far, but I did one that was like 15 things that make my life better. Y'all loved that. Loved that episode. And I think you loved it because it was something you really could listen to maybe while you were doing something else. It didn't require like full focus. It was just like, oh, that's interesting or maybe that idea. So getting inspired by other formats and pulling them into your own, I think is really interesting. And I'm going to continue to try and experiment with that and see what happens. That's how I get the idea for content. Now, what I do to put it out in the world. I've also done an episode on how to start your own podcast. You can go listen to it. And that has a lot more information on the how-tos. But I will say that I batch my podcast. I Honestly, I batch all my work. If you've never heard me talk about this, I batch all my work. Today is a podcast day. I will not write today. My brain really works in different modes. And to go from being on for you guys. And, and because doing a podcast is on and I'm also recording it for YouTube. And so it just requires a lot of very specific energy. Now, if I tried to go and be introspective and, you know, write, it just, I can do it and I've done it in the past, but I just choose not to, it doesn't feel good. And if I'm aligned, I can't say this enough. If I'm aligned as a human being before I create anything and I know my intention, it's always better. So I batch all of my work based on the type of work that it is. So I'm going to try and knock out a few podcasts today. And then I will have episodes for the next couple of weeks. I love being ahead in podcast episodes. Like I love having a couple of weeks in the can. That means like completely done and ready to go out. 
because it means that I can, I wasn't anticipating going to Portland this weekend, but because I had my work done, it's like a little kid having their homework done because I had my work done. I could jump on a plane and I could go do that. And it didn't disrupt anything. That being said, I also don't record too far out. I don't like, like I know people who are like six weeks out on content, seven weeks out, two months out. And I don't love that personally. I like feeling connection to the work that I'm doing. And when I create something from like two months ago, I have a hard time being excited about it. I don't really tend to like to go on social and talk about it. I don't know if this feels, I don't know how this sounds. Maybe it sounds like weird, but for me, if I can stay close to my content, I'm, I'm more connected to it and I'm more likely to be able to talk about it because if I talked about all the content I was constantly doing, I think people would maybe stop following me on social media because they'd be like, shut up. We get it. You do stuff. So I pick and choose what I actually will promote on my personal Instagram or my personal YouTube or whatever. And I just am better at that if I'm if the content is more recent. If I film something four months ago and then it's it's just harder. I think it's even the same with a book. By the time a book comes out, that author has been working on it for years and it's probably been done for over a year at least. So even with books, like it's so funny to me when I'll go do press for a or a book tour or whatever and people ask about parts of the book, I'm like, oh yeah, like I forgot that that was in there. So I found I like to be ahead, but not too far ahead. That's not for everybody. So I know so many podcast hosts who will, they're way far out on their shows. And I think that's great. I just like the opportunity that if you are hearing me talk about something, it's, it's in real time. It's within the last couple of weeks that that thing has happened and you're getting to hear about it. Because to me, this is about the connection that we have, right? It's about us having a conversation with each other. And I just like to keep that a little bit closer to real time. So that's for me personally. The great thing about podcasts though, guys, is that you can, honestly, the great thing about most content is that you can batch a bunch and then have two weeks to do other things. And it actually works best for me. The times where it's gotten really busy and I'm not a couple weeks out, I will be creating podcasts in real time and that can feel very stressful. I think any time that you create content because you feel like you have to, it's not gonna be your best work. And the best way that I know to grow your audience, to grow your community, to increase the best way is to create the best possible content you can create. I know that maybe that's not the way that like something like TikTok feels like it's more about um, how much you can put out into the world, but I'm just going to go old school. I'm really going to believe that if I can keep creating good content, even if I don't have something going up every day that it's still going to find its home. So the last area that I'm regularly creating content is for my Sunday email. I've been writing my own email, my own Sunday email. I've been doing it for years. So if you're on my email list, every Sunday you get a letter from me. And if you're not on my email list, that seems bananas and you should totally go sign up. And in, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the description. If you're listening to this episode, it'll be in the show notes. Go sign up. It's a Sunday email for me, your buddy, Rach. And for that one, 
Well, let me just say as a business owner, it's possible that if you're listening to this, you're like, email. It's 2022, right? What are you talking about email? Yeah, email. Email is everything. Email is the only access to your audience or your customer that you own. If Instagram died tomorrow, I would no longer have access to 1.5 million fans. If Facebook went away, it's closer to 2 million that would go away. You know, like the social media fans that you have or the community you've created, you do not have direct access to them without that platform in the middle of you. Email is the only thing, or maybe if you do like the text message stuff, basically you need a way to contact your customer, your fan base directly. I think this all the time with people who are on, they sell their stuff on like Etsy or Jane. I don't know if it's still this way, but years ago when I would talk to artisans who were on those platforms, it was great because you could get your stuff out there, but they didn't have access to their customers' emails, which meant they couldn't retarget. They couldn't send a note and say, hey, we're having a holiday sale. Like you bought from us last year. We're having a holiday sale again. Do you understand? I probably should have started with this. You will always get more revenue from an existing customer than a new one. Let me say it again. You are always going to make more sales with someone who's already bought from you ever, ever, ever than you will with people who are brand new to your ecosystem. That's another thing about content creation. I am in a relationship with my community in email, on social, in the work that I'm doing. And I focus on taking care of her. I'm so pumped when new people come into the ecosystem. Someone just on the um, the hotline said, oh, I just started listening to you a few months ago. And I was like, really? How cool. That's so rad. But my focus is on taking care of the people who are already here. And I think that by taking care of the people who are already here, they tell their friends. They do all the promotion that I don't need to promote myself because they're like, this chick keeps showing up for us, so we're going to show up for her. So if that's true, if your customer base that exists now is actually some of the most powerful opportunity you have, you need to be able to access them whenever you want. Not to mention that if you ever want to run a Facebook ad, an Instagram ad, TikTok, those email addresses are how you're able to target people. So. All of that to say, my Sunday email. I lay out my whole week in terms of what is launching in a Google Calendar. I know there are cooler ways, guys. I That's just not what I use. I've forever used a Google Calendar. We have a Google Calendar that our whole team has access to that's called launches and cool shit. That's what's on it. And it'll say Sunday email, Monday, we've got a quick word going up on podcast. Tuesday, we've got a podcast episode. YouTube's dropping. Like it'll say everything that's happening. And every single one of those is color coded. So email is blue and YouTube is yellow and podcast is purple. And that way I can see at a glance that fast. I My brain knows, oh, this is how much we have going on this week. And I fill out that whole calendar in advance. So a couple weeks out, I will go in and I will 
figure out what I want to talk about, what I want to do on the podcast. If I have an interview that's coming in, I'll slot that in. Like I'll figure out how I want to lay it out. And I'll know what I want to create based on everything I told you already. And then every single square in my Google Calendar is red until I create it. Because every single thing we do as a company, I am the baseline. Everything starts with me. I got to record this episode for you guys. I got to shoot that vlog for Jack. I've got to write the email so that the email team, like I have to do stuff before it's ready for the team. So the entire calendar is red. I Literally, I could show you. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, let me just open up my phone. It's all red or like 95% of it is red because that's a signal to me that I have work to do. As soon as I record it, this episode of the podcast that I'm recording right now, when I upload it to the team, I'll go change that episode in my calendar to purple, which says like, okay, I have done, Rachel's done everything she needs to do. Now I can move on to the next thing. It's also a signal to the team. If that color has changed, now they have work to do. So I know there are better ways. I know a, a I, my team uses Asana. I don't, I just, this is what works for me and I'm going to stick to it because I really like this particular flow. So I can also in that moment, I can batch a couple episodes today based on what's happening in the calendar ahead of me. That being said, my email is a chance for me to, I hope send good content to your inboxes every Sunday. It's also how I let everybody know what's going on in all the places. Email is really the only place that I have or on purpose where I tell you, hey, this episode of the podcast is going bananas, which says to me, there's something in it that people really like, go listen to it. Or I'll be like, here is, um, you know, Rach Talk Live is going on tour this fall and grab your tickets now. Or I'm able to tell you different things that are happening, but the key for me is that I make sure that that email is really, really, really serving of the reader. So when I lay out, the reason I mentioned calendar is the calendar is where I look at all the things that are happening during the week. And I think, okay, you know, this episode of podcast, I really want to talk about, like when I did the interview with my hormone doctor, that felt so important to me that I sent an email out just about that, which I never do. But if there's an episode I really want to talk about, I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I pull that into an email. And then, um, you know, this is a thing over here I think is really cool. I want to pull that into an email. But I make sure that that is surrounded by stuff that does not help me in any way. I do this a lot. I do a Sunday email a lot called like five things I'm loving or three things I can't. That does not help me at all. I don't make any money off that. I'm not using affiliate links. I'm literally just telling you brands and products and things that I am personally using that I think you guys would like because I really love when people do that. I love watching like vloggers on YouTube who are like, this just happened to me. There's this, I was watching a vlogger and she posted this cream that she uses at night on her face. And I was like, oh, I want to try that because I feel like I've been really dry in the mornings. And I went and bought it. I love it. I feel like it's totally changed my skin. And I wrote about it in last Sunday's email. I was like, you guys, I th this chick told me about it. I went and tried it. I can highly recommend it. And now I'm telling you, 
that doesn't do anything for me. But what I hope is that you feel like I'm a resource for like, oh, she's going to give me good stuff. So I'm going to keep opening the email because the email is not just a marketing play. It's also cool stuff. So that's the intention. And I don't typically have a very hard time coming up with email content because I'm using a lot of stuff in my real life to figure out what I uh, literally if I'm just like, oh, I want to think of something cool to talk about. I just think of the last week because this like, um, I don't know if you're seeing on YouTube, you can maybe see this, but uh, I got I, I have a third earring hole that I got in middle school and I recently bought a little stud for it and I'm just like loving using the third hole again. I know it. this sounds so weird. And if you can't see me right now, it, it's even weirder. But I talked about that because I was like, oh, I want to tell, I don't know. There's certain things in the past that I'm like, oh, I can't do that anymore because I'm a mom or I, you know, I'm going to be 40 next year. It seems. And then I'm like, what, what, whose rules are you playing by? And that's what I talked about in the email. So I think that sticking to what's going on in your real life, what feels relevant to you. I think we always want to connect with people more than we want to connect with a brand. We always want to connect with people more than we want to connect with like a company. So speaking from your own experience in a way that makes sense for the audience you're speaking to, I love. And I just make sure in that calendar I told you guys about with the email It'll say send an email, but if you open it up in my notes, I say what that email was about so that if I feel like I'm really conscious of not ever wanting send an email to feel like I keep talking about stuff that's going on or products you can buy or whatever. So I'll go check the last couple emails and go like, oh, you know what? I actually haven't talked about the Start Today Journal in a while, which I'm deeply passionate about that product and that community and it's doing such good work. And so, yeah, I'm going to talk about it because I believe in what that is. But I also am serving you so much other stuff that I hope it never feels like, oh, right, you know, stop talking about your stuff. (laughs) So that's how I figure out the email. And I'm going to not lie. I don't think that I'm the best person for how to grow your community because my answer is always that the content is queen. Content is queen. If the content's good, the community will grow itself. So I don't have hacks or tricks or ideas. I actually think I'm probably not that great at reminding people to join the email list or, you know, go check out YouTube. The team is always like, oh, Rachel, tell people like subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to the show. I just, I forget that that's a thing because I just think if I keep doing good work that I'll find people who dig it. But I hope that that was helpful to you. All right. I hope that there was a lot of information and I hope that maybe that's what you were looking for. And if you have a question like she did, please call the podcast hotline. I love creating content based on what you guys are wondering. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to put the phone number here. If you're listening on podcasts, it is in show notes because I'm not going to lie. I cannot remember it off the top of my head. In Austin, I have it literally taped to the wall. And here in Hawaii, I... I don't know what it is. It's 737 something. And yeah, look at the show notes and you'll get the rest. So in any event, that is my creative process. And I just want to say that you can find a process that works really well for you and it will change based on the season of life that you're in. 
when I go on tour, I'm going to have to figure out a new creative process because I'm not going to have the time to sit here and make episodes for you guys. Or I have friends who have gone on maternity leave and they've had to batch a ton of content before they went on maternity leave because that's what was going on in their lives. And I love that. So just be open to the idea that your process may need to change and evolve and grow as you change and evolve and grow. That's my ideas for today, guys. And if you found this helpful, I would so appreciate if you would share it on social or share it with a friend that you think would dig it too. I will be back later in the week with more conversation. Actually, I think my next episode, if I'm not getting this wrong, I think my next episode is our 300th episode. And and I should say, it's a 300th since we started counting because there definitely were like 50 or 60 where we didn't number them. But episode 300 is coming up and I'm really excited about that. I have a cool idea for how to do it in a different way. So I'll be back with that soon. But until I talk to you again, I want you to remember from the bottom of my heart, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.